Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 277 and we're talking all about Munich in Germany. That's right, it's all about Munich. Uh, it was our first stop in Indie Germany. Yeah, Indie Germany, not Indie Rail, which is what we keep calling it after <laughs> our last big trip last year. But it's going really well, we're having a good time. It is. So this is uh, five weeks in five cities in Germany, traveling around with a German rail pass from acprail.com. Yeah, the German rail pass is great. It's quite new. The idea is that you've got travel in Germany only, although you can go across the border to Salzburg and there's one place in Switzerland as well. And uh, you get so many days within a month of travel. So we've got five days, but you could have, I think it's three, four, five, six, up to about ten. I wouldn't have more than 10 anyway. Because, <laughs> well, we it's decided to travel more slowly. And so we thought this would be a perfect way to get to know a bit of Germany and have one week in each place. However, we've completely failed at that, as always. We only managed to have five days in Munich, six days in Nuremberg, and then Cologne, where we thought we'll have a week. We thought, oh, no, let's go to Bonn for three days. And then we had four days. We have four days here in Cologne, where we are now. Hopefully, the last two stops, Dresden and Hamburg, we will actually have a week in each place. Yeah, and then we uh, finish up in Berlin, which is our our last last stop, where we're going to be spending the summer. So, it so is three months. That's quite yeah. that's quite slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll be fine. Yeah. So at the moment we're in Cologne. Uh, stop technically stop three, but really stop four of Indie Germany. And uh, so far it looks really nice. But we've been here for about four hours, and we've not really seen that much of it. The, the sightseeing starts tomorrow. Yeah. So far we've seen a kebab shop the supermarket the inside of the train station the outside yeah. of the cathedral you can't really miss it no and the inside of the hostel cone which, which is awesome is really quite nice so it's been a wonderful place to work i was sitting downstairs in a leather armchair before um just tapping away and now we're up in our room and i'll put a photo on facebook of the view out of the window and our recording setup here we're just looking over a, a few church spires and uh, yeah, several houses Nothing special. <laughs> we do have a corner room. So one, two, three, four, five. There are five windows in here and they're all quite large. And then there's another one in the bathroom. So that's six yeah. enormous windows. And we're looking down over the breakfast terrace. It's it's pretty flash for a hostel. We're quite excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, anyway, we're here to talk about Munich, <laughs> not about Cologne. We'll talk about Cologne later. <laughs> Before we do that, if you are traveling this summer, please remember to come by IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance when you're booking your insurance online. Uh, There we've got information about some of the questions you should ask about your travel insurance. We've got some podcasts there you can listen to. And there's also a quote widget from our partners, WorldNomads.com. And uh, if you book through the widget on our site, then we get a commission and we get to keep making the show. And we We like that. that. Yeah, travel insurance, is, <laughs> travel insurance is really important, so make sure you check that out. Well, my highlight in Munich was the probably the English Garden, or the Englischer Garden. The Englischer Garten, you're yeah. going to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. It's the largest city park in the world. Really, and is it? Yeah, huh. and um, on the map it starts near the centre of town and just keeps on going until you're off most maps of the city we saw a little tiny bit of it yeah i think we saw about one fifth of it and we walked for well walked in a circle but we were there for a couple of hours what's really really cool about the english garden is that uh there's kind of an underground river that pops out right at the at the border of the garden uh just under a bridge 
And because they've tried to slow down the flow of this river, they've put in some rocks and the rocks have created a wave and the wave is surfable. As, and it's, you know, it's not a very difficult wave to surf. So it's a great place for beginners and, and mid-level well, surfers to come and come well, have a go. Well, yeah, I wouldn't really recommend it for beginners because you've got two bits of stone. Oh, you know, true. you've got these, a narrow, narrow area, maybe, that's no meters. more than 10 meters. Mm. Apparently there's another wave somewhere else that's really good for beginners. Uh-huh. So this one's good as well, but... Apparently some top surfers have come to give this wave a go and they, they totally sucked because <laughs> it takes a different technique to surf a standing wave than to surf a real wave. But we went down and watched some of the surfers having a go and it was really fun. Yeah. And yeah. there were lots of people around watching. Yeah. And there were lots of people sunbathing in the park, playing football, playing frisbee. We saw one guy that was brave enough to jump in the river. and We, we heard, heard him rather we, than we, saw we, him. we heard his screams <laughs> for us. Quite some time. It was quite funny actually because we had been in Chisinatico the week the weekend before, and we arrived in in Munich on a very nice day. We'd had a really lovely trip up from Italy, and then the next day was beautiful. We met at uh, our contacts at the tourism board, and then we did our tour uh, with Birgit, who was a really great tour guide. She took us to the English Garden actually, and uh, both the people at the tourism board and Birgit said to us, "Look." The weather is going to pack in tomorrow. If you're going to have a beer in a beer garden, do it today. So we did. We had a beer in the uh, chi- near the Chinese Tower in the English Garden, and that was really great. Then the weather did actually pack in. <laughs> so we had one great day and then three really quite spectacularly bad ones. Yeah, so we managed to see people surfing, have a beer at the Chinese Tower beer garden, and see people sunbathing and enjoying the park. The one thing we didn't see, which we were told about, was all of the naked hippies that mm. kind of moved in in the 60s and never moved out. So, yeah, I was, I was a bit sad about that. You were sad about that? Yeah. I was not sad oh, about that. That, 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 was, that was a story I was looking forward to telling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not bothered by that at all. Well, since you've brought up beer, we must mention the Oktoberfest, which is Munich's most famous party. Yeah, I discovered the grounds by accident because we were staying in a hostel quite near there. We went for a run, and that was on a nice day. There were lots and lots of people enjoying the space, really big space, kind of gravelly uh, with a, a temple kind of behind it. And there were people playing ping pong, there were people kiteboarding, runners, walkers, lots of people around. It was really great. And uh, I was wondering what this big space was used for, and then I looked at the map. It's the Oktoberfest grounds, which makes perfect sense when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, the cool thing is they're right beside the train station. So that makes it really convenient for people that are coming in and out. Um, They're just five minutes away. One tube stop if it's raining like Mm -hmm. it was on one of the later days. We walked across those grounds. Yeah, Craig wanted to see them. He's like, uh, take uh, me there, take me there. I want to see them. It's not that exciting. We got there. We walked there. And (laughs) we walked across the grounds. There's no one around. 15 meters visibility and a a wind that took you out. So I'm like, let's go to the train station using the underground. (laughs) It was hilarious. But uh, I don't I don't think I'd really be interested in going to Munich at Oktoberfest because lot there are lots and lots and lots of people and I don't know I've heard there's a really nice atmosphere but I don't think it's for me I prefer to go out of season and just go to the the beer gardens mm. and uh, that's what we did we visited a couple of them the one at the Chinese Tower was really good mm-hmm. and we also went down to the Victorian Market we didn't have a beer there but we had a look and, and saw people sitting around. It was yep. cool because that's kind of the city centre beer garden. And there are six breweries that make their own beer in Munich. 
and you know everyone wanted to be able to sell their beer there because that's good a good opportunity to make money so what they do is they uh, rotate on about a six weekly cycle each brewery brings in so much beer and goes until it's all sold and then the next brewery comes in which i think is a really good compromise Mm. And we also went to the Augustina and the Hofbrauhaus. The Hofbrauhaus is maybe the, the most famous. Yeah. The it thing have, that, does it have a beer garden though? I don't know. because Yeah, we it were... does in that central courtyard. Okay. It was and raining the, when we were there. <laughs> the cool thing was the, um, the lockers for the beer steins. Oh, so, cool. so if you've been there long enough, you might no, be no. invited, what? I think you have to have family or yeah, yeah. Well, nepotism if, galore. If, or... if, if, if you're an old boy, uh, you might get invited to have a beer locker. And uh, these are just spaces for Stein. Um, so you can put in your your ceramic your mug, mug yeah, in there and you lock it. And that's your beer mug. And when you go there, you go and get your beer mug out of the locker and drink from it. And apparently they do a dust test on it. They Every you know, couple of months. run a finger over it, and if there's dust on it, then uh, you get a, a phone call asking when you're going to be visiting next. Yeah, so it's, it's quite a good marketing ploy, actually, because it keeps people coming back. I think someone told us that the waiting list on these beer, beer lockers was about 12 years. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you really have to be a local. Well, we met a uh, listener, Johannes, uh, at the, the Lowenbrau Brewery and uh, had a beer in there. It was great company, but overpriced beer, really. It was, in other places, you can get a, a half litre, which is a standard kind of measure, for about half the price that no, we could get it for there. No, it wasn't quite that. It was, it was 3.50 normally, and it was 4.50 mm. there. So it was another euro, which, you know, it, it is quite a lot when you're talking about one drink. I mean, that's yeah. how much... Well, it's nine, One glass of beer would cost in Spain. Yeah, nine euros a litre, which yeah. and quite often you can find that for about six, seven. Yeah, depending on so, where you are. So, yeah, so, yeah, good company, but overpriced. I can see why it's on all of the tourist maps, and no one that we spoke to in Munich had ever been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Johannes was great. He took us for a walk around the student district, the university district, and we saw some of the sites of protest um, during yeah, the Nazi regime. Yeah, he told us about the, um, and... the White Rose resistance movement. That was really interesting. Mm. And, yeah, we got to see some of the more, well, the small alleyways around the university and stuff like that, so... That was really cool. Um, what else can we say about beer? Well, nothing really. We could but, talk about beer but, forever. But bottom fermented and uh, and wheat beers are the, the name of the game, really. Um, we did this walking tour that Linda alluded to earlier with uh, with Birgit from uh, Munich Sightseeing. Uh, I think it's sightseeingmunchen.de. Um, but we'll dig out the card and put a link in the show notes. And yeah, Birgit took us all over the place. We started in the Marienplatz, uh, which is the main square and where the town hall is. The town hall building is really something else, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And it has a really fantastic glockenspiel, or what would, what would you call that? Um, uh, mechanical clock, dancing yeah. figures with It has a special horses. word in English that no one knows. So yeah. anyway, yeah. When when the clock chimes, it goes off at twelve. Is it eleven, twelve, and five during five is only during summer. You know, mm. we saw it at five o'clock one day. But before we saw it, Birgit had explained what was going on, which was really great because you know we wouldn't have understood otherwise. It would have just been moving figures and jousting. It was yeah. great though. So what do you remember? Well, I remember that there was a wedding, and back in the day, I don't know when, 
And uh, for this wedding, there was a big celebration. People came from all over the place and uh, they had to be entertained during their two to three week stay. So there were lots of entertainments like jousting competitions. And uh, this glockenspiel com commemorates this. So you have the, the king and queen sitting behind uh, everything. Like a feast table. Kind a of feast thing. table, yeah. And then uh, a procession of people go past and then two horses come towards each other. And one is wearing the colours of Bavaria and one is wearing the colours of the province in France that the yeah, bride was I think from. it was Lorraine. I can't remember. Anyway, they go they go past once and then when they go past again, the uh, Bavarian jouster knocks the other jouster off his horse. Oh, Linda, giving the, giving the oh, storyline away. Sorry, My sorry. goodness. Someone wins, <laughs> you'll have to go to find out who. <laughs> um, what I loved about the building was the amazing stonework, like really weird gargoyles. Mm. And uh, like one of my favorite gargoyles was... Uh, you have like a favorite a, gargoyle. I have a favorite gargoyle, wow. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a kid that was on a, um, like a, a horse. Um, what are they called? You, you have a horse's head on a stick. And, a toy horse. Yeah, well, okay. Um, I'm sure there's a special name for it that people had 20 years ago before everyone got iPods to play with. Um, and yeah, so this toy horse and it's playing on it. And it's a, it's a gargoyle. That's Where does really the water cool. come out? The horse's mouth? Um, I think the person's mouth. Huh. It's your favourite gargoyle and yeah. you don't even know where the water uh, comes out. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was a metal dragon attached to the side of the building, like crawling up it. And yeah, the more you look at it, the more details you see and the more amazing it is. Maybe the best place to get a big picture view of it is on the other side of the Marienplatz in uh, the Tower of St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. It was the best one euro fifty or two euros that we spent. It was really um, great. Yeah, you have to climb up a lot of stairs. <laughs> yeah. But it's worth it. And it's really great. We, we Actually, I felt quite fit when we got to the top because we didn't have to stop and there were lots of people kind of panting on landings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met a, um, a British family as we were on the way down and they'd been up about 40 or 50 steps and they're like are we almost there i'm thinking there's about another 300 to go that'd be absolutely nothing i think i said something encouraging they were at the second flight of stairs yeah i, I think i said something generally encouraging i think you said them. i think you're about 15 percent of the way there that's not that encouraging <laughs> <laughs> that's better than no just keep going <laughs> So um, we went up there. We didn't go up there to watch the Glockenspiel. We just went up there at a random time, and it was great. It was quite busy, though, on the day we mm. were there. So I can imagine a lot of people have the idea of going up to watch the, uh, the Glockenspiel play. So if you want to do that, make sure you go up early to, uh, to get a good spot. Yeah, it was great panoramic views. If the, the weather wasn't even fine when we were up there, it was really grey, but it mm. was clear, so we could see It's a must-see, must-do thing ages. in Munich. I liked doing it towards the end of the trip because you know when you go up a tower and you look around and you think, well, this is a really nice view, but you don't know anything, it, it's kind of lost. But once you've done a lot of things and you can point out, okay, that's the university and that's this tower and that's this church, it really it adds something mm. to it. So we did it on our second to last day in Munich, and I think that was a good time to do it. The inside of St. Peter's was nice as well. They've got um, a statue in there of St. Peter, as Surprise. you would expect, on the altar. But the neat thing is what they've done from time immemorial is when there's a, a papal interregnum, when there's no pope, they normally die, or in the case of uh, the most recent one, <laughs> retire. 
um, then you they they take the crown off of the statue of Saint Peter to mm. represent that there's this interregnum. Yeah. And then when a new pope's elected, then they have another ceremony and they put the the crown back on again. Yeah. So it's kind of a medieval news <laughs> news service. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really great. Birgit told us about this, and we thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. Mm. Um, while we're talking about churches, the most intense Baroque cathedral I've well not cathedral Just Baroque church. church I've ever seen in my life is in Munich. Uh, it's called the the Assamkirk church yeah um, it was built the, by the assam brothers right yeah the the brothers assam had this built as their own private um chapel and there's so much stucco and paint and I did angels not like it. and it was not my style uh, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. no. you're much more of a gothic purist i have learned eh? that i do not like baroque <laughs> I said, Craig, what type of art is this? What type of architecture is this? He said, Baroque. I said, I have learned that I do not like Baroque. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, it's just was, too much. There's there just was, so much going that on. That was just insane. It was, it was like being stuck inside a wedding cake. Um, not was... like our wedding cake. Our <laughs> wedding cake was chocolate. Yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Cathedral of Munich was also interesting. Um, probably the most interesting, but it's actually in the foyer where there's one oh, yeah. flagstone with a foot that's kind of burnt into it, and there's a myth about the devil uh, coming in and leaving a footprint when he got angry and, and stormed out. Yeah, he thought that he was excited because he couldn't see any windows, and he thought that the church wasn't going to have any yeah, windows. Yeah, it's like, haha, what oh. idiots, they built a church without windows. Yeah, but it was the only plot in the whole cathedral where there was no windows. And I overheard some uh, Spanish tourists talking about it, and they said, oh, it's it's size 43. And one <laughs> <laughs> And one of them had size 43 feet, so he put his foot in it and it fit exactly. So we were all wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that entirely. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Munich's also got a whole lot of art galleries. Uh, The Pinacotheques are the most famous. They're about to open up a brand new Egyptian display. Underground. Underground. And above that is the, the film archive. And they've got this great sculpture on top with this guy peering down into the ground and these red lasers. Well, they're not lasers, but it's like a red it line. represents a laser. Yeah. That represents a laser shooting down into the underground gallery. Yeah, and I think it represents the connection between the past and the present. Yeah, it's like the, the modern looking back at the ancient. Um, and yeah, that I, I wish we were there for the opening of that. That would have been great. We are spectacularly the... <laughs> talented in arriving at the wrong time. I now, think maybe um, if we did a bit more research. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but we did go to the, the Lenbach House. Which oh, yes. This was, was... Re- recommended to us by four or five people. Yeah. It's only been open again for about two weeks. It's just undergone a very large mm, renovation. Four and a half years, I think it was. And, well, it was worth it. It was great. It was not cheap, it's 10 euros entry, and we spent about an hour and a half there. Yeah. You probably could spend two hours, but not really much more than that. We, mm. we went pretty fast, but not super speedy. Um, and yeah, it was good. It was really good. Mm. We were there with Bernd, who was one of our couch surfing hosts. Um, we were with Bernd and Jesse for the second half of our trip. And what we're trying to do right throughout indie germany is spend half of our time in a a hostel or a hotel and then half of our time staying with locals through couch surfing or uh, in one case in bonn we were just were with an old friend and yeah burnt and jesse were were great and luckily um burnt could come out to the the limbach house with us he said it was completely different from 
what it has been in the past and he was really really impressed by the changes yeah and we were really impressed it was a top class art gallery mm -hmm. and beautiful sculpture amazing paintings and a really wide variety of of things from media installations yeah through to modern sculpture and then um, the most famous artworks they had in there were from the Blue Rider movement, which was one of Germany's kind of most famous modern art movements. Yeah, I felt like I learnt something about art when I was there because we learnt about the movement, which was around about the turn of the last century, from about 1900 to 1920. I probably got those dates completely wrong, but it was really interesting to learn about the people who were part of it. Unfortunately, about how a lot of them died in the First World War, that sucked. And uh, to see quite a lot of their paintings, that was great. Well, wow, there was so much rain when we were in Munich that we missed uh, a lot of the um, beer gardens, which sucked. But what it did mean we did was we jumped on a hop-on, hop-off bus tour, uh, one of the Grey Line ones. You know, we sit on a double-decker bus, and uh, in this case we had a live guide yeah, that, that would uh, talk in half in German and half in English as we went around the city. And you could also get headphones and listen in other languages. So that's more standard. I think most of the other hop-on, hop-off bus companies in the city just do that. You've only got the, the audio guide. We hopped on and uh, went out to, what's it called? Nymphenburg Palace, mm. which was really beautiful and quite extensive. And it would have been a really nice place to have a picnic if it hadn't been pelting down with rain. <laughs> uh, I think it's worth a visit, but we were a bit disappointed by the gallery that it was at, well, the, the rooms that were open to visit. We've been in a lot of palaces, and uh, it was it was interesting, but I didn't really think the price was worth was worth it. Also, you had to pay extra for an audio guide, which we didn't do because we didn't really have enough time to warrant it. However, in the entrance square is a little room. It's kind of off the entrance square, off the shop, where there's a, a video playing that gives you the history of the of the palace, mm. and uh, yeah, a few pieces of information on the wall which I thought was quite quite good yeah I'd say go out there have a have a look at it from the outside walk in the gardens take a picnic if it's nice and uh, enjoy that but I'd only go inside if you don't have a chance to go into another kind of central European palace in your visits um, or if you really are interested in King Ludwig II because you can see the room where he was born yeah yeah um, and there were some interesting pieces in there so if you're an art student you'll want to look up what's in there and see if there's anything that's worth it for you I really did love the what was it called the gallery of the beauties yeah that was really cool one painter decided to paint uh, women of all different walks of life mm. and he chose 36 of them I think it was yeah commissioned by Ludwig the Elder. Oh, okay, the grandfather. The first, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. So you could see, I think, princesses and, you know, regular, like, baker's daughters kind of thing. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. And seeing how ordinary those beauties would look today, none, yeah. none of them would ever grace the cover of, I don't know, Cosmo or FHM or anything like mm -hmm. that. Maybe feel good about myself. They were just, <laughs> yeah, they were quite ordinary looking beauties by today's standards. It was nice. They were, yeah. they were all nice looking girls. Yeah. Um, with the hop on hop off we also visited the Olympic Stadium um, where we just had a brief time. We walked around and saw some of the the architecture and the grounds for that. Um, but the cool thing out that way was BMW World. Yeah, we which, love cars. <laughs> which isn't something that I thought I'd be interested in. It was, it was kind cool. of like well we're out here let's go and have a look. Yeah. But it was really amazing. You can do tours of the, the factories 
but we didn't. All we did was go into the showroom and it's quite cool. It's completely free to go in and have a look around. They've got, it's kind of a museum atmosphere with information about different types of cars. And while we were there, I actually went off to the loo and as I was coming back, we were separated because the, uh, the staff put up barriers so that a random guy on a motorcycle could drive around the complex and up and down the stairs for about 10 minutes. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a motorbike climb about two and a, two stories, two and That's a half insane. stories worth of stairs. All in one go. Um, all in one go, and he did it several times. He went up and down and around and around. It was great. And um, yeah, I mean, there were beautiful cars, of course, BMW, and then also Minis and Land Rovers. And, you know, it's all designed to make you buy it. And if you want, you can go and pick up your factory fresh car. Yeah, we saw uh, some people doing that. Right there. I thought, well, that's a pretty impressive way to uh, to go pick up a, a brand new car. Yep. It was uh, quite awesome. Well, um, we were going to talk about our um, day trip up out to Dachau, but we are out of time. So we can just I say, think... highly recommended, do a day trip out to Dachau. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe we could maybe put together a World War II history of, I think so. of Germany after this trip. I was thinking about trip. doing an article about, you know... Uh, famous sites in, in Germany with World War Two history, you know. Yeah. Because you could... It's, there's so much to it's see and so, do. It's so dense and so interesting and so well-treated mm-hmm. um, in terms of galleries, yeah, museums, so and, really and things nice. like that. Um, but yeah, if, if you're there, um, definitely go out and see it and we'll talk about it or write about it in, in some other fashion. So... Um, yeah, well, I think that's Munich. If you've got any There's questions, there's so much more else to do in Munich. Yeah, I know. So uh, I know. yeah, leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes if you if you have some recommendations of things to to do or see, or if you think we're complete idiots for missing something, <laughs> uh, or go onto the forums and make a comment there. Yeah, it's indietravelpodcast.com dot for uh, slash forums. You can get a free community account and uh, yeah, join in. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. Uh, you can also check out the latest tours and promotions at tours.indietravelpodcast.com. Um, we get a commission when you buy through the site and that helps keep us on the road. We've also just updated the homepage of Indie Travel it's Podcast. Uh, we've got rid of some of the big sliders that not many people were using and added in a whole lot more links and things like that just to make it easier to find content because there's the tours, the reviews, the promotions, uh, other resources, and then there's all the stories. It's, uh, yeah, quite a lot of stuff. So please go to IndieTravelPodcast.com and have a look at the homepage and let us know what you think about it because we value your contribution. Absolutely. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.